What's up, guys? I'm Sean Lightsout Merriman, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. Thanks for listening. Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bolt Podcast. He's got to be related to Tony Yaboa. Major revelations on this week's pod. Major. I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable. I've got to say it. The dirty, dirty leads. No, 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 no. There's only two things you do not put in the microwave. Tea and fish. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez. And on th- this podcast, we bring you the latest Chargers news. We preview and review every Chargers game. And we bring you the hottest off-season content around. And that's exactly what's happening this week. We have a special introduction to the off-season, free agent market and draft prospects at three of the most important positions in the NFL. We're going to be talking about the quarterbacks that are available. We're going to be talking about the tight ends that are available. And we're going to be talking about the running backs that are available. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a slant for those who aren't Chargers fans. You can get an information about who's out there on the free agent market, who are the top draft prospects out there to keep an eye on. And then we're going to have a twist and say, you know, who do we want and think is a fit for the Chargers, uh, naturally. So, uh, you know, to discuss that and take us on our off-season journey, I am joined by three of the greatest co-hosts you could ever wish to have. First up, it is Mr. John Was Jr. Good evening, Bez. How are you, my friend? Um, I'm good, mate. I'm up to my neck in boxes and packing materials. Uh, we're on the move back to London next week, so uh, I'll just I might, I might as well add there that I've done nothing so far. My wife's packed all the stuff, but I'm I'm out earning money uh, <laughs> while she's off work. So you know it's all good. It's fair, it fair deal. It does, yeah, it yeah. does. You tell yourself that. <laughs> I'm just getting my visa stamp to go back down to the south of England. Yeah, all good. Got to get your vaccines to cross the border as you go down. Yeah, that's it. I'm also joined by the man from Costa Rica. It is John Ayres. I make no guarantees that this is actually me and not a deep fake version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> when you tell us you're not going to cut Mike Williams, then uh, I'll uh, I'll know it's fake. <laughs> um, and I'm also joined by a man uh, who has a plan about our drinks tonight. You'll see in a moment, but it is Hollywood Danking. Hey, Buzz, how's it going? Mate, good to see you. Happy to have you back. Happy to have everyone back. You know, it's been two weeks. Thank you for for coming and subscribing. We passed an amazing milestone of two hundred subscribers for our last episode. So thank you for getting involved. Um, and we you know we're going to bring you loads of hot content this off season. Um, this evening, gentlemen, what are you drinking? Dan, you've got something special. Tell me about it. Yeah, so um, I'm drinking a Japanese Ion Supply drink, Pokari Sweat. Which tastes better than it sounds, um, <laughs> but like that's sounds yeah. It's it's not so it's not much of an effort to taste better than it sounds, but it it does. It's good stuff. <laughs> it doesn't sound. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd be brave <laughs> enough to try it. But to be fair, credit where credit's due. Was ripped you for just going back to ordinary uh, drinks. Exactly. And you have upped your game. Uh, I've even ordered <laughs> yeah. like a 24 beer lockdown survival kit from Brewdog as well. So I've got that on the way. I'm sorted for the next, like, year. Two nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the rate we all drink in lockdown, to be fair. Um, you know, John, uh, what are you on at the moment? So I'm on as much coffee as I can get into my body lately. You know, as some of you know, I'm moving back to the States uh, in uh, May. And uh, as as much as I enjoy being back in beautiful Southern California, 
I'm going to miss the wonderful, wonderful coffee out here. So uh, I'm on a, on a wonderful uh, Americano iced with uh, just a hint of hazelnut. It's delicious. Oh, you just make me jealous every time. Gee, now I'm going to go and boil the kettle, not the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> no. Microwave is for tea only. Oh, I'm going to start putting ketchup on my uh, steaks. Do that my anyway. wife did that the other day. Was... She, she was going to make me a cup of, of, of tea. I was going to make some tea, and I've got you know one of those electric kettles, you know, which does a good job. And uh, she was like, oh, don't, don't fill up the kettle. I'll just throw this cup in the microwave. I was like, no, 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 no. Uh... Ooh. Wow! Major revelations on this week's pod. Major. I'm hoping none of her coworkers listen because she does work for Experian, and she, and, which is a London-based company. They may, they may fire her for that. <laughs> that is a sackable offence. That's literally it everyone's is. contract it over is. here. Yeah, you put, you put tea in the microwave. You're gone, my there's friend. Only, there's only, there's only two things you do not put in a microwave: tea and fish. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, everyone in an office breaks the cycle, and when we come out of COVID and Correct. get back in the office. It's going to be unpleasant. Oh, yeah. All the habits we picked up during lockdown. Unbelievable. Um, Was are you drinking microwave tea or is that an abomination to you? Uh, no, uh, I'll be drinking microwave tea if we draft a quarterback, uh, as you're predicting, uh, Bez. Guaranteed. I'm it. drinking, I've got the, I found the finest drink on the planet. It's non-alcoholic. It's made by Yorkshire Tea. It is jam on toast tea. If you haven't found it, get on Amazon. What? Jeff, you owe us some money for for uh, sponsorship there. Get on Amazon, buy some. It is amazing. What? Jam on toast tea. It is. It is Could you be and any more British? The, 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 <laughs> the best thing about it is if you leave it to go cold and you taste it, it tastes like a milkshake. I don't think I want to find out. I, you know what? You've all given me all these options. It's either sweat, jam on toast, <laughs> cold, slushy tea, or the finest coffee beans that money can buy you know so john as you win uh, <laughs> but i'm on something can i just can i just add in there john i do feel sorry for you as much as i like the states um i love visiting tea and coffee over there is not good no. it is not good. no it is not so well it's all uh been pushed into the atlantic hasn't it Back in Boston. <laughs> Let's not start. Let's not start these rivalries. Um, I'm on something special. I'm on my usual Pacifico Claro. I love it. It's as if I'm sponsored somehow. I should be, but I'm not. Um, but I'm, I'm the only one on the Pacifico Claro train this week. But uh, it's enjoyable. Although, to be fair, on a side note, my wife uh, treated me to um, this this cheeky chili spiced rum, and it is delightful. I can't stop drinking it. But I've had a bit a bit too much in lockdown, so uh, I've had to back off to the beers. <laughs> um, boys. You know, let's let's start off with some news. I guaranteed on the last podcast episode that we would not be signing JJ Watt. Look who's right again, boys! I <laughs> <laughs> called it. Um, I believe he's off to uh, join Hopkins at the um, Arizona Cardinals. And as Dan just told me, I think they're unretiring ninety nine to. Uh, well, he, he's worthy of it, isn't he? He gets to wear that. It's good marketing. He's uh, he's a good lad, so fair enough. But um, you know, credit where credit's due. It's a decent front in an amazing division of rushing fronts, D, D, D lines. He's across from Chandler Jones. He gets about fifteen and a half million a year, with about what is it, eleven, twelve, twelve million a year guaranteed. I'm glad we didn't spend that money on him. I just find the choice a little bit odd. I don't think the Cardinals are as close to being contenders in the next two years. As, as the Bills, or even us. I don't think we would have spent the money. Um, are we relieved he's gone there? Are we surprised? You know, Was what do you think? 
I'd have taken JJ for his leadership. Um, he was asked in his press conference what he's got left to give, and he went lots and lots. So he's still up for the fight. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's still one of the top edge rushers in the game. You know, we haven't got him, but uh, we have to move on now and, and target someone in free agency or the draft. Um, I'm, I'm, am I surprised he's, he's, he's gone somewhere warmer climbs? No, I'm not surprised that he hasn't come to the charges. I think between um, the head coach and Tom Telesco, I think they've got a plan and JJ Watts. Well, I think the Cardinals are surprised in that he kept touting that he was going to go to the best situation, you know, kind of implying that he wanted to be on a contender and, and, and you know, go after a ring. But uh, ultimately, he followed the money, which I don't blame him for. You know, this is not an indictment of him. I'm just surprised because the Cardinals are not exactly the contender um, that I, I think he was thinking he might end up. The West is a, is an odd place to play in the NFC. I'm not really sure what to make of all the teams there. San Francisco, I mean, I don't know if I trust Jimmy Garoppolo, but that defense is amazing and the offense can be productive regardless. Um, you know, Seattle... I mean, Pete Carroll is a crazy person. He always has been. Uh, Russell Wilson may or may not be there. I don't know. The Rams, I mean, they have been good and not great. I think they got an upgrade at quarterback, but at what cost? I mean, we know the cost is a lot. Um, and, you know, what kind of cap maneuvers are they going to make um, to get themselves underneath that, you know, whatever the anywhere between 180 and 190 cap that, that we're going to see here in the next week. It's just, it's a bit, it's a wide open division. So I guess they could potentially win the division still. Um, but I mean, to me, it, one of their biggest needs, much like the charges is offensive line. I think they've got needs at other places as well, but I think offensive line is a big problem for them. Multiple pieces need to be fixed there. You can't have Kyler Murray running around for his life, trying to make plays all the time uh, and adding a, you know, a really good but no longer great uh, defensive end. Uh, I don't think changes that equation a whole lot. So, you know, it's a surprise that he went there, but, you know, they paid him the money and they're going to try to implement him and we'll see what happens. Dan, are you crying into your sweat? <laughs> no, no. If, if you recall a couple of weeks ago, I, I said for definite he was going to Pittsburgh. So clearly got it 100% accurate here. Um I'm surprised he's gone to Arizona, but um, good for them. I'd, I'd have been happy with, as as Wad said, for the leadership alone, just having J.J. Watt there. But I, I can't say I'm crushed by them. No, no I, I'm completely, completely where you are. I mean, I never got excited. This was never something on my radar. I said two weeks ago he wasn't coming. Don't get excited. Don't consider him. I did think the charges would be mentioned a lot. They were a little bit, saw a few articles where we were in the mix. It was more about the Bills, I believe. The Packers were in the mix um, than the, the Cardinals. I don't think the market for him was as big as expected. And John nailed it. I think I think he got $15 million a year for two years. And he thought, sod it, I'll, I'll go. There's a chance I'll be injured. I'll go and join Hopkins, get away from a toxic organisation. He's gone, move on. I'm glad there's better options in free agency and the draft, which we'll come on to in the defensive side of the ball off-season content we're going to bring you in a few weeks time let's get our fingers dirty let's get under the hood of the off-season and bring the content that our listeners are telling me on twitter that they're loving so hopefully this will be more of the same for you um we're going to talk about first off the most important position in football 
quarterback. Um, this time last year, this is probably always on everyone's mind as a Chargers fan. We were looking about Philip, how we replaced Philip Rivers, who we were going to get, the big Tua versus Herbert conversation, and you know, as as proved by the fact that in the UK NFL mock, more on that in coming up by the way uh, in another episode but um, in that I drafted back into the first round as the GM of the Chargers to go and get Justin Herbert um, you know thank me later guys um, but we, we're sorted this year and it's such a relief we're not worried about a disappointing Turod season or Justin having just a few games we're thinking we've had one amazing rookie groat season setting the NFL alive and, and we're set we're now looking as Chargers fans, what we do because Tura Taylor, assumably, is not coming back. How we replace him? Do we? Does the Eastern Stick era begin? Do we look free agency for a backup? Do we look to the draft for a a prospect, which I'm sure some of you would disagree on? We're not just looking at it from the Chargers' point of view. So, I'm going to start off by talking free agency. Um, I'm going to talk through the different prospects that are out there, um, and then throw it open to you guys to. Uh, Tell me who you like. Tell me where you think certain names will end up um, and who the Chargers might potentially be interested in. Um, the big names uh, in the quarterback free agency market, Dak Prescott, he's, he's the headliner. I think most people assume he may get franchise tagged by the Cowboys. There's a chance they draft someone at 10 this year, uh, at the 10th spot in the draft instead, or maybe they do both. Um, he's coming off a week five injury, seemed to be healthy, towards the end of the season um, and you know he was throwing 450 w- yards a week he is the very lowest end of what I would consider a franchise quarterback but he's he's a good name to have this year number two on my list is Cam Newton who leaves a dis- you know a disappointing season behind with the Patriots I think most people assume he isn't the starting quarterback Super Bowl contending quarterback we, we thought he was at one point um, uh, got Jacoby Brissett from the Colts Ryan Fitzpatrick from the Dolphins. Jameis Winston goes back on the market after gambling on himself um, with the Saints. Interestingly, let's see how that turned out. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, heads to free agency. Alex Smith comes off his injury. And last but not least, Andy Dalton, um, who was the backup for the Cowboys. You know, all change in in Dallas. Um, Guys, who are you looking at? Uh, Any of these names of interest to you? Are there any deeper names in the free agency market you're interested in? Um, I'm going to throw it open to John Ayers to start us off with the quarterback free agency market. I think you missed a top 10 quarterback free agent there in Nathan Peterman. So I just, I, I would hate for you to, for, for you to not to mention him and for you to get called out online. So um, that was dangerous. Yes. Uh, I mean, so for me, when I think about free agent quarterbacks, uh, one, let me just talk about it. He's not coming to the Chargers because we don't need him. And that's Dak Prescott. Um, you know, Dak Prescott is a very, very good, very good quarterback. He's uh, elite. I don't know if I would say that. Um, but he's a very good quarterback. Um, you know, rumors are, uh, and who knows, I'm sure the Cowboys probably put this out in the media to try to sour his market a little bit. But rumors are that he's asking for a contract um, just under what Patrick Mahomes got, which is bananas crazy, and he'll never get that. Um, so I expect the Cowboys to use the franchise tag on him in the next week, um, as they still have the open window too. Um, and then I expect them to get a deal done. Like I, 
I think it's all posturing at this point. They're going to tag him. They're going to say, look, we're going to put you out there. And now he's got a risk. Like, look, what if he has an injury again? You know, he's real damaged goods at that point. Or what if he comes back out and he has a, you know, an average year, which by the way, of his years in the NFL, he's only had two non kind of average years. So um, he'd be betting that he's actually going to, he's going to have a really good year coming off a major injury. So, and if he doesn't have a very good year, then everyone's going to look at him like, Oh, is he really that good? So I, I, I just don't think Dak is in a position to make that kind of bet. And I don't think the Cowboys really want to make the bet either. So I really think they're going to come to a conclusion here. Uh, but I do think the franchise tag is going to be used on him. Um, he's definitely not on the market. So um, I think that's someone I really wanted to talk about is Dak Prescott there. Um, but for the Chargers, um, if you want to focus on the Chargers real quick, I think there are three names that really interest me. Um, Alex Smith, Jacoby Brissett, and Joe Flacco. Now, Alex Smith, number one, um, for me, because he is a natural you know, he's a very solid starting quarterback. So if Herbert were to go down or miss games, I think he could step right in. Uh, number two, he is a proven kind of uh, just mentor and just all around good person. And I think that's the kind of person that's the kind of person you want to surround, um, you know, Herbert with is that kind of mentor type type quarterback, um, you know. And, you know, number three, I think the other option is you know, stick who is in my opinion, a Taysom Hill light. Uh, and I don't think Taysom Hill's a starting quarterback in this league. So if he's a, a lesser version of that, the last thing I want him is to be my official number two QB. So I do think they have to bring somebody in. I think Alex Smith is great. Assuming he comes in at a good number, right? I don't think he's going to get an opportunity to start somewhere. Maybe someone's going to give an opportunity to, to challenge for a starting spot. Maybe if that's the case, he'll likely go there. But if he's finding in that nobody really wants to give him a chance to start, everybody just wants him to be that kind of mentor, uh, you know, backup quarterback. I, I think the Chargers could do a lot worse than him. Uh, Jacoby Percent and Joe Flacco are my next two. Why them? Uh, both of them offer some upside as a backup. Uh, both of them have some veteran presence that they could add to the quarterback room. Uh, both of them are six foot five or taller. So uh, and have pretty good arm strength. You know, Jacoby Brissett's more on the medium arm strength. Flacco is a big arm. So I think between the two of them, they match up pretty well with what Herbert already is and does. So it would be more of a seamless transition in there, right? Like you're not, I, I wouldn't propose going and getting a, you know, a Geno Smith who's going to be a free agent, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you bring in a quarterback that can't run the offense that Herbert can run, right? These two quarterbacks, I think, can run a similar offense that Herbert would run, maybe with less mobile plays thrown in. So uh, I, I think all three of them can be had at, at a reasonable number. I think all three of them would be, you know, would be good additions to the squad as a backup. And I think all three of them provide a much better option than Easton Stick. So Easton Stick is, uh, Taysom Hill light is an amazing take because Taysom Hill uh, is an overpaid tight end. <laughs> so let's, let's hope Easton Stick is, is not, is paid lightly compared to him. But uh, no, I, I'm interested to see what they do with, with him. You know, ROC coming across from the Saints. Let's see if he, he does something similar. Um, I like those names. You know, I'm going to throw it out to, to Dan to see if, if he agrees with you, if you've got different names, Dan. Where are you headed? Um, I can't disagree with John, but I do have a couple of different names. Um, I've been looking at um, Cam Newton. I mentioned him last time out as well. I just think Cam Newton, the LA market, his personality and 
you can't you can't deny his passion and leadership um i think would be just a good veteran presence to have in that locker room um another good ish veteran presence would be colt mccoy who i really enjoyed in college um that, that was it a long time ago but um i think his wikipedia page actually puts it best in saying colt mccoy has served as an adequate backup for many years and that's all we need we don't need <laughs> a big name we don't need someone flashy we just need someone who can come in and play if needed um which he proved he came in and replaced daniel jones um this season in new york and did okay um so i wouldn't i wouldn't be against colt mccoy there don't mind that i'm you know maybe as as, as gm uh slash backup quarterback something like that <laughs> um but no he's, he's been around hasn't he? he i like that he brings the wisdom of age and, and time as a backup and, and that's a role in itself uh, adds value uh was are you are you having colt mccoy are you, are you looking elsewhere <laughs> come on this is going to get spicy I'm, I'm, here we are <laughs> I've, get I've, ready i'm going to start off in reverse and i'm i'm actually i've picked a name that coincides with what john said and that's alex smith purely for his uh his knowledge um and his experience in the league. I think if it comes down to a tight game next season, or we're knocking on the door of the playoffs, or we get to the playoffs, I think Alex would be a great person to have over Justin's shoulder just to keep him grounded. I don't think it will happen. I think the Chargers have got this long history of uh, injury-plone players, and we all know what happened to Alex Smith with that horrific leg leg injury. But if he was to come in as QB2, I'd be quite pleased. Um, the next one I'm going to go to, and bear me, hear me out on this one, Tyrod, sticking with Tyrod. And the reason being, thinking outside the box, there's an awful lot of uh, changes inside the Chargers building, and Tyrod would give a bit of fam- uh, familiarity, uh, familiarity with with um, Justin in, in the quarterback's room. Um, we know that he's not going to... Uh, make our offence um, dynamic. Um, but uh, they've got that communication, they've got that relationship already. And, you know, it, it might help in the short term if if he remains um, alongside Justin. And then the, my number one pick, and people are going to scoff at this, I've gone a bit conservative with in, in terms of what this individual will expect in terms of salary, and it's Andy Dalton. Now, there's, there's two main reasons for this. One's a bit of tongue-in-cheek. One, he, he could learn the playbook, and I think it would get you through at least one or two games if you needed it. However, the coaches will say to Herbert, and the offensive line will say to Herbert and each other, we need to keep Herbert fit, we need to keep him healthy, because if we don't, he's coming on the field to replace you. It's like that old Top Gear sketch. You know, you've got three cars going from A to B. If you break down, you're ended up in a Volkswagen Beetle. <laughs> so a bit of tongue in cheek there, but you know, Andy Dalton. Um, I think he only. I think he was only getting something like three million dollars at the Cowboys. He's not going to break the bank. He'll learn the playbook. He'll do a job in in the short term for us. Look, if Herbert goes down and we need him for, we need QB two for more than three or four weeks. We're screwed either way because. 
the only the only name on that list that will do as a job long term is Dak Prescott, and we're not going to be paying him mega bucks. He's too good to be a QB two. There are too many franchises out there that would give up um, their right arm to take Dak if if the Cowboys release him. So that's not going to happen. So Smith, Taylor, and and Andy Dalton uh, are my sort of top three choices in, in reverse order. Do you know, I, I like him. I like all the names. There's loads of options. I think this is the point: is that you know we're settled. We have Herbert. We want to bring him a veteran voice to to help him in the locker room, help him on the sidelines, a, a, a secondary coach, so to speak, um, other than the official ones. Um, I've gone. I went Andy Dalton as well. I you know why not? I actually think that he gets a bit of a bad rap because he he did have a tendency, didn't he, during his Bengals years to throw away playoff games and make silly mistakes yeah. against us uh, when he did that fumble, if you remember, when we got yeah. when Mike McCoy won us that playoff game. Um, but actually, great backup. I think one of the best backups in the league. Um, a veteran could handle himself um, in limited snap situations quite happily um, and, and a good voice on the sideline. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, I, I like Jacoby Brissett, um, who was at the Colts. I, I, I had him in fantasy for a few seasons uh, for and uh, he was quite serviceable as a Colts sort of quarterback for a period of time. Um, he didn't light things up, but actually you feel as if you could cope. He's a little bit better than a Turrod Taylor. Um, you could cope with him for, for three or four weeks if Herbert picked up a knock touch, but he doesn't. Um, and I think, again, someone who brings some ability uh, and something a bit different, bit of bit of experience. He's been around the league. He's been at the Patriots. You know, He, he knows what it's all about. Um, I like those names. I wouldn't be opposed to any... Don't go spending mega bucks to back up Justin Herbert. Bring someone in that can mentor him, who is as much about in the intellectual, intelligent side of the ball. Um, no, no one mentioned bringing in Derek Carr. I mean, he'd be a useful QB three, wouldn't he? <laughs> I wouldn't even let him have that. Maybe, maybe practice, <laughs> practice squad if eligible. Yeah, no. Uh, what's that other guy called at the Broncos? The one that we don't like. I forget his name now because he's so insignificant. Drew Lock. <laughs> Drew Lock. Oh, that's him. <laughs> oh God, it's nice to, that, that all of those players, if they were free agents, would probably not make my list for the Chargers uh, backup quarterback. So you know, it's a great position to be in, but it isn't the only place we can find ourselves um, a quarterback we can turn our attention to the draft. It is interesting because there's a lot of teams out there that are quarterback needy. And not being one of them is nothing surprising because we've been straight from Rivers to Herbert. We don't often get involved in, in the quarterback mess. We certainly haven't done for many years. But, you know, there aren't many teams who are in a situation that they're looking for a new quarterback or they're looking to improve their quarterback situation. And it just so happens that it's an interesting, it's a very good year to need a quarterback. Number one, Chargers related. That's good for us because I think a lot of quarterbacks will go early, driving down talent towards the 13th spot um, for us. Um, I also think there's going to be some overdrafted QBs. There's going to be some random decisions. So I'm going to just, just go through, I think, the consensus top five, um, all of which some mock drafts are saying are going to go in the first round if not the first round, first two two rounds, but I could feasibly see five quarterbacks in round one. Um, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Then we've got Justin Fields out of Ohio State, Zach Wilson out of BYU, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State, and then bringing up the rear, the fifth choice, um, Mac Jones out of Alabama. Some good quarterback names. I mean, I, I don't tend to get giddy like some of the pundits in the off season 
who say every year the quarterback that's supposed to go number one is a generational talent. I mean, we've heard it every single year. Andrew Luck was the last time someone really, you know, really lived up to that pure hype. And there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of quarterbacks. Justin Herbert has outperformed his hype, interestingly enough. But I've watched a lot of tape on Trevor Lawrence. Unfortunately, he's as good as he's as good as advertised. I don't know if you guys have, have any strong feelings if you've watched some of this tape. Um, but I want to throw out before I even get into it one big question. And I'm going to come straight at you, was and you can all chip in on this question. If you could trade Justin Herbert for the first pick and therefore, assumably, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, would you do it? No chance. Listen, Bez, you at the this is this is a good topical uh, conversation. This, this I like this. You hit the nail on the head. Don't get too excited about the draft because we've all, we've seen it all before. The Johnny Manziel's, the Tim Tebow's, the Ryan Leafs. You know, as you said, Bez. Andrew Luck came into the league, lived up to his reputation. Unfortunately, he got injured, he had to retire. But from what we saw of him, he was an absolute machine. Um, and as good as Trevor Lawrence looks on tape in college, he's stepping into big boys' territory uh, this year. And we know that Justin Herbert can perform in, let's be honest, was a pretty darn crappy football team. And he, he excelled. If it hadn't been for the coaches... He'd have broke Andrew Luck's passing record, but even only the Chargers could mess that one up for him, you know? So, absolutely not. It's it, it just ridiculous. Herbert is only going to get better. Um, Lawrence hasn't even uh, had a snap in, in the uh, pro game. So, you, you'd be committing career suicide as the as the uh, general manager to go and make that trade. But, it, it, look, it's an interesting pub discussion. And... Um, I can understand why you've you've sort of brought it up, but it's an absolute no for me. As Trevor Lawrence as well, is he going to recover in, in time with his uh, shoulder injury for the for the, uh, for the new season? Or? I, I think he's he's lighting it up at the combine. I think those issues have, have been put to bed. And the virtual he, combine, <laughs> the virtual combine. But it, it was his pro day, wasn't it? But he, he looked yeah. truly incredible. But no, I went and looked at Justin Herbert's combine, and he looked no different. He looked as good. Um, I mean, Dan, which one are you having? Are you having Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? It's, it's, it's a big one, really, for some people. It's tough, but I didn't go out and spend all that money on a Justin Herbert jersey to <laughs> want to turn around so quickly. Um, True story. So I, I, I don't think there's any chance I would make the call and make the trade. Um, it's, it's a nice idea. Um, there would have to be a lot more in it than just the number one pick for Justin Herbert to make it even worth considering. John, you surely want Tre- Trevor Lawrence, don't you? You do. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is one of my favorite quarterback prospects in a very long time. I think the kid has everything you want to be a modern, elite NFL quarterback. He's, a, he's able to make every throw on the field. He is able to use his legs to create. He's able to create off schedule. He's able to create off balance throws. He's cool under pressure. He's, to me, he's the total package. There's a reason 
that there's kind of no question that he should be the number one quarterback for real. Anybody who says that, that there might be a question is fooling themselves and is just trying to create some hype and noise around their own articles, around their own takes or whatever. He is hands down the top number one quarterback. He would have been the number one quarterback probably if he had come out last year. Um, and if he waited a year, he'd be the number one quarterback next year. He's just that good of a quarterback. That being said, it's very hard for me to see what Justin Herbert did his rookie year and say that Trevor Lawrence is 100% going to be better than Justin Herbert. I think there's a, there is a good possibility he could be. He, you know, he is a better prospect than Herbert was based off all the college tape we have. But I've seen Herbert do it in the pros. I've seen him do it against men. And that, to me, is better than any tape you can show me from college. Because the NFL is such a different beast. It takes everything is so different. Additionally, from a team perspective, like what does that do to the team to build up this rookie, to have him be the, and then all of a sudden be like, well, we see a better rookie. We're going to go ahead and get rid of you, right? Like that cannot be good for morale. That cannot be good for anything else. I think you know what you've got to Justin Herbert. You know where he can he, his weaknesses are. You know where his strengths are. You know a lot of things about him. Why would you get rid of that for, yes, a really good prospect, but at the end of the day, he's still a prospect. We don't know how he's going to be in the NFL. We don't know how he makes that leap. We don't know what kind of struggles he might have. You know, so I just, there's absolutely no way that I'm making a move to trade away Justin Herbert to get uh, Trevor Lawrence, even though I really do think Trevor Lawrence could be, you know, an elite, elite quarterback in the NFL. So, I think you make the, the exact point that springs to my mind is that I you always take the amazing one amazing year in the NFL versus all the potential in the world because it's been realised. It's been realised, and that accounts for for me lower lower prospects that light it up. Then you keep them because they've done it, and you don't know, you don't have any guarantees on any college prospects. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has blown my mind. He's he's fantastic. But I've gone back and watched Justin Herbert's off-season content, the combine, the pro days, and and it's it's very similar. I just think that there's a, off off-season narratives dominate, and so so last year the narrative was Justin Herbert's outperforming he and, and rising up draft boards, whereas Trevor Lawrence is expected to do that. So um, no, I'm the same. I, I'd keep Justin Herbert. It's interesting though this year. I mean, I've looked in depth at the quarterbacks because I want to. I like to have a look. And see where where you know where these people are going to land, what they're going to bring. You know, Herbert versus Lawrence is going to be something we'll be watching for years. We hope. Um, I'm excited that Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jaguars, so the talent can be completely wasted for 15 years. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Uh, sorry to any Jaguars fans. I, I will see him in London. <laughs> yeah, we'll see him in London. Um, but what I'm what one of my most favourite narratives of the draft, even though it's that's going to happen is what order and at what position all these players are going to go. Because I do think first round will be quarterback heavy. I think, you know, one name that springs to mind is Zach Wilson, that I don't see it. I just don't see what the hype is about. I I get the record. I get the amazing streak and, and the performance of the team last season. I get that. But I don't see Zach Wilson as... A future franchise quarterback, and people are starting to think he's going to be second off the board. He's going to be the Jets' big, big 
pick. I can't see it. I just I think that would be a mistake. But you know, for me, I'm probably higher on Trey Lance than most people. I think he's he's got the skill set. He's he's got the ability to scramble and evade and to people knock his long 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 throws. But I think he's got zip on them. I like Trey Lance. So so what order these guys go in? You know, just Justin Fields follow Trevor Lawrence off the board. Um, where where does Trey Lance go? Who might draft up to him? And then the big the big one that's happening at the moment is the narrative around Mac Jones from Alabama because he hasn't. I, I'm not impressed by the guy. Don't like him. And then Tua comes out and says that he is a more mobile Brady. Give me a break, Tua. Be quiet. You're already worse than Herbert. Um, let's not start <laughs> hyping up hyping up Alabama quarterbacks for the sake of it. Um, I, I'm I'm not not in on him. But what I'd be interested to see is, from a Chargers point of view, at 13, it might be a really good spot for some of these names. Trey Lance, maybe Matt Jones are going to drift into that zone, and someone might be tempted to come up and get them. So I think there's an opportunity for us to draft either draft someone that gets pushed down, or drop back and uh, and and pick up more picks if someone's desperate to go and get, you know, Mac at that position. Let him. Let him do it. Um, but for me, um, you know, I, I, out of all these names, you know, you, you have to just ignore Trevor because he's going to the Jags number one. Um, I, I like Trey. If you want to go and look at some tape, if you're interested in, in a quarterback coming to the NFL who has the keys to be special, go look at him. Go look at the way that he 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 could be yes. a bit of a Russell Wilson. He might do a Eli Manning and say, "I'm not going to the Chargers. I'm not going to the Jags." <laughs> Mate, 15 years of doing nothing and getting tagged. You know, who wouldn't? But maybe Urban Meyer turns around, but I, I don't see it. Um, I'm going to give out my name because I, I like finding diamonds in the rough. And this is very much Chargers related um, because I don't want a free agent quarterback with the experience we've discussed. I want a free agent. Sorry, I want a draftee. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's my case. I like a guy in the sixth Seventh round. You could be, he's currently projected to go undrafted, maybe sneak into the seventh. I'd probably take him in the sixth if it was me. Number one, he has an incredible name, Peyton Matt Peyton Ramsey. That's a quality name. That's a successful NFL quarterback right there. But there's a reason. Go and look at his tape. Um, he is elusive. He is strong. He can make runs very similar to Justin Herbert. He can drive the ball at, um, in from 5-10 yards. He can drive it on short yardage situations. His passing downfield has zip on it. He's mobile. He's elusive. He is a very, very talented quarterback who came out of Northwestern, um, of all places. Um, bit of a fact about him. He scored 30 on the... Um, what's the test called? Wonderlick. The Wonderlick test. He scored 30 on the Wonderlick test. So you have a really intelligent guy with strong intangibles who's projected to be a really solid backup that can study opposing defences, who's been successful by winning a, a championship for Northwestern. He threw the ball well in every single year and improved in every single year. Why is he projected to go in undrafted? It makes no sense. 6'2", 220. Talented got the name of Peyton it just makes too much sense to me that's that's my Chargers pick and actually you know if you are into your off-season content go and give him a look this is the kind of person that there are no notes on him on, on any of the draft analysts websites go and do your own go and have a look at YouTube go and look at his games for Northwestern go and look at uh, what he's performed he is my man he is my big quarterback name that will surprise people and be a career quality backup 
and a talented player if he gets the opportunity. Do any of you have any names in the draft you love, even for the Chargers or not? Dan's nodding. Go for, go for it, mate. I can't sit here in a Gators cap and not throw out the name Kyle um, or Felipe Franks. But I, I, I don't want the Chargers to draft the quarterback under any circumstance. I don't know if I want them to draft a quarterback. Maybe with their final pick in the seventh round, maybe they get an extra. Maybe they make a trade. Uh, someone like New England comes in, says, "Hey, I really want Mac Jones, so I'm willing to jump up a few spots." They hand us like a, a second and a fourth and like a seventh comp pick or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't mind using I mean, the seventh round pick is always a flyer, anyways. Who knows who you're going to get in that round, right? Uh, I don't mind, or as a UDFA, uh, a guy that kind of stood out to me is KJ Costello from Mississippi State. Uh, again, this is going to go along with my train of thought. I want a QB who's 6'5 or taller. I want him to be at least 220 because um, I want him to have some similar physical attributes to Herbert because I want him to be able to do similar things. Uh, KJ Costello, same idea. He's a tall quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He can make every throw on the field. Um, he's actually pretty good at um at reading defenses um he's done a he's done a pretty good job handling the pressure um that you're going to get in the sec um but at the end of the day he's he's really not a great prospect um he's definitely not fleet of foot um he's definitely an immobile quarterback he also does a lot of weird things with his arm like you'll watch some throws that are kind of sidearm some that are kind of quarter arm some that are full arm like he does some weird things that i guess maybe it's more comfortable for him to i guess hit the receiver at the right at the right level um kind of reminds me a little bit i guess of um philip rivers with when he does a little little quarter arm throw um but but unlike Rivers, who does it on every throw, uh, this is this is kind of an alternating thing, which has probably a lot of downside. Um, but I think he's the perfect kind of guy you bring in as a camp arm, see if he's something there, and maybe he he comes in as your third string, fourth string, or even like a practice squad quarterback, and see if you got something there. Because eventually Easton Stick's going to need to get paid, and I just don't know how much I would want to pay Easton Stick to be perfectly honest. So you want to bring in a seventh round camp arm, see what you got. Maybe he's better than stick. Go right ahead. Uh, honestly, if they do get like an extra, you know, fifth round pick. And for some reason he's still on the board. I don't think he will be, by the way, I think he'd be gone by the fourth round, uh, maybe even third round. I do like Kyle Trask a lot. I think there's a lot to like about Kyle Trask. Um, he might've been on my list, but I just don't want to, I don't want to use any picks earlier than round six on a camp arm, you know? So, that would be if, if if they wanted to bring someone in through as a rookie through the draft or UDFA. Those are kind of two guys I'd single out. Well, you know, I, I think we can put to bed the quarterback position. You know, we do have a position to fill. It's not quite as exciting as last year. We're not looking for a starter. We're looking for a backup. Um, go check out some of the names, some of the tape. Be very fascinating how the quarterback landscape filters out into the NFL um, for the season because there are a lot of moving pieces, um, and I think there will be some there will be some pri- surprises. Um, from all sides so let's see what happens Um, we're going to move position we're going to move on Um, and actually it is a position that we have a lot of interest as Chargers fans Um, and that is at tight end Um, you know we we, we know as Chargers fans here that that, that Hunter Henry is up for being a free agent he's struggled to stay healthy through his career Um, he's struggled to put up huge numbers he struggled to score a huge amount of touchdowns. I think we all think he's a talented tight end. 
you know, tremendous talent. He's only 26. If he can stay healthy, we we would we think he can be something special. But he, let's not pretend he's more than he is. He is not a top three, four, five tight end in the entire NFL that is a must keep. So there are options. From a wider point of view, you know, it's going to be an interesting off season for the tight end position. Free agent names out there: Robert Tonyan, he's a restricted free agent. Packers lit it up with 52 catches for 586 yards 11 touchdowns out of nowhere so uh, let's see what time I don't think they'll let him go the Packers but if they do he could he could get some some pennies uh, some dollars in the market um, Hunter Henry himself uh, Gronkonka- Rob Gronkowski does he come back I think I think he might do but um, let's see he had a great Super Bowl did he do much else did he did he live up to his hype Jono Smith at the Titans, 26 also like Hunter Henry, loads of potential. Um, 41 catches, 448 yards, 8 touchdowns. I, I think he good. I think he's good with the ability to get better. You have the tight end from the Titans as well, uh, Anthony Ferska. He's restricted, might not make the market, also 26. Played well, really well in the slot, um, good blocker. Uh, Gerald Everett at the Rams, um, he's very, very athletic. Uh, would he like to have an improvement over Jared Goff of his quarterback? You've got the kind of names of Trey Burton, Dan Arnold, Jared Cook, always injured. Trust me, I had him in fantasy. Um, where are we looking? Um, I'm going to come straight to John and say tight end, um, free agent market. What are you thinking? For me, um, I think there are two names that pop out on the list. A guy who's drafted around the same time has had a lot of hype. Uh, and a lot less production um, than Hunter Henry, and that'll be Evan Ingram. Um, I know he's had some issues with drops. For me, I think it's more about inconsistency in the offense and the quarterback position than necessarily those drops. Uh, I really like uh, what he could potentially bring to a team, assuming he's willing to kind of take a, you know, maybe like a backloaded prove-it deal, um, you know, with a potential restructure in their future. Um so I think he could be a potential flyer. Um, I also really like Gerald Everett. I agree. He's a, he's, he's a very athletic tight end. Um, I, I'm not sure I saw enough out of him from in the blocking game for me to be confident he'd be as good of a replacement for Hunter Henry in, in that sense. And that's something I will miss um, from Henry is, is him being such a well-rounded uh, tight end, being able to block and and pass, uh, and run routes well, but Everett, def- Everett definitely gives you that that really really um, athletic and really fun kind of tight end to play with. So I, those are two guys I think you can have at theoretically good price tags um, who could add value right away to the position. I don't really want to go. I really don't want to have to go too cheap and too old here. Um, I, I, I just think that tight end is, and, and I know there's a lot of people saying, well, the college game is different and he didn't have any other weapons, but tight end has always been a favorite of Justin Herbert's, um, you know, since his freshman year all the way to last year. I think it's a major disservice to our quarterback to tr- ask him to try to make do with a subpar tight end. Uh, and as, as much as we love Parham, he is subparum. So I'm sorry. Um, he's a great. He, oh, B. He's a he's a great <laughs> tight end too. He's a fun piece to work in there rotationally, but he's not a tight end one. 
I don't think he'll ever be a tight end one. So they need to bring someone in who is capable of taking over the tight end one position. If they're going to let Hunter Henry go, I personally think that unless somebody is offering Hunter Henry 15 million a year, I think there's no reason they shouldn't be able to resign him to a, a three to four year deal. And they need to make it happen. He's just such an important piece to this team and to Herbert that it just doesn't make any sense not to. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, John. Um, I think we really need to focus on bringing back Henry. Um, and I think it's achievable and doable financially, but were we to look at the free agents, um, the name that stood out to me, and it's mostly because I had him in fantasy, um, is Jonu Smith, um, who Bez already mentioned earlier. Um, I just think he he had solid production. Um, I don't think he's as well-rounded as Henry. Uh, he's still relatively young. Um, and of of the names out there, um, I thought he's, he's the most interesting to me. Um, there's a lot of lower to middle tier guys out there um but not many in that upper echelon or even mid to upper tier um so it was johnny smith or bust really for me i think henry to move on from henry and bring someone else in they have to be as good if not better and that's very difficult in the free agency market in my opinion if you if you look at all the tight end free agents They've all got some sort of caveat. I like Jared Cook, although he's, he's played his fair share of games. As you said, Bez, he, he does uh, pick up the injuries. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> when you're blocking, you're a big target. You're also going to be on the receiving end of some of those big hits. Um, Henry, if we bring him back, the uh, salary cap for 2021 is reduced. It could all depend on who we release. You know, uh, Trey Turner, um, Balaga, if we release those, it, it gives us a bit more salary cap. I think we've got about 24 million at the minute in salary cap space. Um, so it's another set of dice for Tom Telesco to roll. But unless we can bring somebody in of equal stature or better, I just think it's it too important for for us to um, wave goodbye to Henry. Um as John said, if, if, unless somebody comes in 15 million, he's probably coming back to us. Is anybody that, I don't want to say desperate, but is, is anybody willing to spend 15 million quid on, on Hunter Henry? Bearing in mind, he's had a, he's had a pretty injury-ravaged career so far, hasn't he? Um, we stated at the beginning of this season, way back in August, we want to see a full year from Henry. We got that out of him. Herbert's, he was the go-to man, wasn't he? One of the favourite targets on the pitch. So it, we we could well see that again if if he comes back. But I don't I don't see us letting him go. I really don't. Um, you know, free agency. Jared Cook, thirty-three. He's, he's going to want paying. He's not going to come cheap. <clears throat> what there's there's other options out there you mentioned Rob Rob, uh, Rob Gronkowski I don't think Rob leaves uh, Tampa Bay um, if he does it'll be for retirement for good this time um, so it's, it's another headache that we can avoid by re-signing Henry uh, and I'm talking about a headache in the draft because if we start chasing too many rabbits we're going to end up with a lot of mediocre players and, and that's what we want to avoid 
We want, we want to make an impact uh, in the uh, offensive line. We need to make an impact uh, with pass rush and cornerback. And I think if we start trying to make an impact in the draft for the tight end situation, we're going to run into all sorts of problems. Yeah, I, I probably lean towards thinking we bring him back. I just don't think he's worth the mega to franchise tag or the mega bucks he could get. So I think if he comes back, he probably gets overpaid a little bit, Hunter Henry. Um, I think people will want him. People will like the age. They'll think he's a talent. And actually, quite a lot of his underperforming in terms of yards and touchdowns is through the fact that we don't scheme him as many targets as we probably should. Um, if we don't bring him back, free agent-wise, there's two names that spring to mind for me. Uh, Trey Burton, he's 29, and he's off a disappointing season of doing nothing in Chicago. But he, I watched him... You know, with Indianapolis, Indianapolis, um, with Philip Rivers, and I thought he looked sensational, the best of their bunch. And again, I think you could probably get him for cheap. And he's a talented ball catcher that is undervalued in this market. Um, alternatively, if you really want that twenty-six-year-old, because there's a lot of twenty-six-year-old tight ends in this market, um, Dan Arnold came from nowhere. Cardinals player, quality year, thirty-one passes, four thirty-eight yards, four touchdowns. Showed that he could be something special if he was given a bigger role. Neither of neither of these players are really t tight end ones. I think you could probably get away if we think we have too many holes to fill. You could probably get away with signing one of these guys. Um, I think Anderson, who's already on the roster. Parham have both some good roles to play but I think I probably lean towards Hunter Henry coming back if we sign a free agent maybe we don't maybe we draft someone um there is you know tight end let's look at the, let's look at the position from a non-charges point of view I think the consensus um tight ends Kyle Pitts uh, predicted to go in the first round uh I don't know how to say this guys you're gonna have to correct me Pat Fryermuth Fryermuth it's Fryer Muth. I don't know. Yep, Fryer Muth. That's what I have. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Pat Fryer Muth, uh, Brevin Jordan out of Miami, Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. You're going to hear me talk about him in, in a little bit. Uh, Hunter Long out of Boston College. I think they're probably my consensus five from from seeing mock drafts, looking at different rankings. Um, out of those players, Kyle Pitts out of Florida is the number one uh, by a mile, and he's starting to be linked more and more with the Chargers. The more I look around. Uh, what people are saying. People think that there's a fit here. He is apparently by some, uh, according to senior sources um, on Twitter, um, that people think he is the t most talented player behind Trevor Lawrence in this year's draft. That he could be a mini Megatron. He, You could maybe convert him to wide receiver or certainly put him on the edge. He can go and catch the ball for you. He's talented. He has dominant, dominant hands, dominant leaping ability he's really fast his route running is amazing he is a natural dynamic mismatch in the nfl that every single opponent will have to scheme for he is a major upgrade over even hunter henry and you could cut mike williams um, and not re-sign hunter henry and bring in kyle pitts in the first round at number 13 uh, big problem he isn't getting to 13 I'm telling you now, he's going in the top 10. He is a talent. I've watched his highlights. I love the guy. Um, when I first saw him linked with the Chargers, I was like, no, thank you. But actually, if this guy falls to 13, you take him quickly because he's very, very good. Um, and he can block. 
he can he can buy time for Justin Herbert in the pocket with his blocking can ability. He play left tackle. <laughs> probably, probably, probably could help out. Um, Pat Fryermuth out of Penn State is is solid, um, a, a catcher of the ball with some developmental time. Um, he's quite twitchy, but you know he's got a medical flag to be answered there. Brevin Jordan out of Miami. Miami seems to be producing all the tight ends in recent years. He's he's a really smooth route, route runner. Um, We'll see whether he goes in one, two, or th- round three. There's a bit of debate about where he'll end up. Um, but guys, you know, uh, we'll come on to Hunt along as well. But from our point of view, for me, I think you take Kyle Pitts at 13, but he won't be available, which is probably controversial. Are any of you taking someone in the first round? Are any of these names or other names shouting out to you? Was no, I'm not. My strategy. For what it's worth is we uh, we focus on the offensive line. We go and find a left tackle in the first round. As for the uh, tight end situation, we bring back Hunter Henry and we look at somewhere around the fourth or fifth round for a tight end. Um, Trey McKitty out of Georgia, um, an excellent blocker. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to need in 2021. People that can block. And, and give us that protection where we need it. Um, he did pick up an injury in 2020, but tell me a football player in 2020 that didn't pick up an injury, you know. Uh, you mentioned Pat Framuth. Now, people need to keep a close eye on him because he's been endorsed by um, Daniel Jeremiah. And whatever he says, I, I listen because he knows his stuff. Um, so keep an eye out for that one. But, yeah. Look out for Trey McKitty. See if we, we take him uh, later on. We might even go as an undrafted free agent. Who knows? I am not advocating for a first-round tight end. Uh, and I don't think I'm going to advocate for a second-round tight end, even though I think Brevin Jordan would be interesting because I do think he is someone who slips to that second round. Um, you know, the earliest I guess I'd be okay is the third because we have two picks there. Um you know, and at that point, you know, if a good value falls to the third, like like a Tony Tremble or, or a Brevin Jordan, for some reason, tight ends are being ignored. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't hate those picks. Um, Hunter Long, to me, is okay, I guess. He, he's a fine, like, if, if you're going to get him around the fourth round. If, if he's, you know, again, I think these guys might go earlier than these, which is why I don't think we're going to draft any of them. I think, you know, to me, if you're going to draft a tight end at this point, I don't think I want to, I, I really do want to assign Hunter Henry, but I think maybe adding another really interesting piece to the group would be interesting. So I think if you're looking for like a later round flyer around like, you know, maybe six or seven um, pro Wells at a TCU. So let me give you the info on pro Wells basketball player who didn't start playing football till his senior season in in, uh, high school, uh, went to Juco, uh, ended up at TCU. And we know that TCU can produce some all-stars, right? Um, So we've got, a very Ladanian Tomlinson, very LT kind of history there. Uh, I think he's a perfect pick. He's going to be easily had late in the draft, maybe even undrafted free agent. He's a perfect guy to bring into camp and see what is there. He's raw, but he's a big guy. He's really athletic. You know, at 6'4", 250, he can move. I mean, he is the type of guy that you turn into the next Antonio Gates, you know? He is the type of guy that you can turn into the next big thing at tight end. So he's a guy I'd definitely be interested in seeing, uh, you know, his ability to, to, to kind of box people out, to jump up, really, really kind of 
really, really kind of has a has some reminiscences uh, of Antonio Gates. So I'd love to see what what they could potentially do with him. Um, you know, in, as far as kind of like a rookie, bring him in on a cheap deal and just just see what happens. So. Uh, you know, I'd be interested in that, but ultimately I'm still on the sign Hunter Henry unless he's completely crazy expensive train. And um, as we mentioned earlier, the guy I've been kind of looking at um, this time around is Pat Fryermuth. Um As was mentioned, uh, Daniel Jeremiah compared him to Hunter Henry, but that was before this season where he did get a shoulder injury and had to have surgery. So there's the question of how well does he come back from that surgery? Before it, he was uh, 23 catches for 310 yards and one touchdown, um, which was decent at the time. Um, he's he's a strong blocker. Um, he's not particularly fast, but uh, he's dependable. And if if we were to draft someone, I I wouldn't want it in the first round unless we've addressed the tackle. Um, in free agency or we're jumping back in. I wouldn't really want us jumping back in um, unless in some strange world, Kyle Pitts is there at like 20 or something ridiculous. Um, But if we get Pat Frymouth at the start of the second, I wouldn't be against it. Um, I think there are better options in other positions, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where I sit with that. I, I love these names. I, I mean, I again slightly disagree. I, I think, I think there is someone, and I'm, I actually, do you know what? We haven't had one of these for ages, guys. Get your hats ready. Get ready to oh, eat. Here we, <laughs> here we go. We need a prediction, a really bold one. Um, and I, and, and maybe I'll promise to eat my hat if it doesn't come true. I, I and I'm going to give some inside information here. I think there is a dream of a tight end for for Tom Telesco. It ticks every single box in the Tom Telesco arsenal of draft day. You know what I'm talking about. He wants a Notre Dame player, and he wants to take a really random player in the third round when we think someone else should be taken. So he's going to take Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame as the tight end position. Um, just, I'm just calling it. I just think it makes too much sense. He's really talented. He, he can grow. He can sit behind Hunter Henry or someone else and become tight end number one very quickly, if not explode into that role. You know, we know good old Tom Telesco creams himself at the thought of taking a Notre Dame player. And if you can take one in the third round, his favourite round to absolutely screw things up, um, he's going to do it. So mark my words. Um, bit of bit of a heads up, though. I like the guy. I wouldn't think it's a screw up. And I'm going to give away some information on the hope that none of my rivals in the UK NFL mock draft are listening. I'm going to target Tommy Tremble in the third round. I, I Admittedly, I've given away our first round pick. Um, I, I took Justin Simmons uh, with a sixth pick last year and then traded back up to number 10 to get Justin Herbert. So shoot me, but it worked out, I think. Um, but I'm going to be looking at a Tommy Tremble if, if he drops. Don't think he will. think I might just miss out on him. But um, the guy the guy is, is a talent. Um, I like Hunter Long. I like some of these prospects. I think it makes more sense to bring Hunter back, doesn't it? it, it keep him off the market. And, um, you know, is that something you would do, Dan? Um, yeah, I was just thinking a, another name for a later round pick. Um, it's a good, solid name. Um, I'm struggling with the guy's first name. I think it was Kenny. I'm just pulling this from the back of my mind. Uh, Yeboah. 
T- Tony Yeboah's grandson. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's got to be related to Tony Yeboah. Um, but yeah, Kenny Yeboah, I forget where he played. Uh, oh, Miss. Yes, thank you. Um, but yeah, as a, as a later round, yeah, give him a shot. Do you know, I, I liked him. I watched some of his highlights a, a little bit to see what he was about. And he was he was in a slightly, ex, you know, not not bad blocker on uh, in the run game, but definitely a developmental left tight end who, who can get down the field, catch the ball and score screamers for Leeds United. Damn it, I've sworn. I was about to say, who's going to mention that dirty team first? Lee Wakefield will be all over this. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. I've got to say it, the dirty, dirty Leeds. Um, but, you know, it's, again, another position where I think we can all agree there's not actually a gigantic amount of talent out there. There's things you can do. And, and you know, as John mentioned, Justin Herbert likes a tight end, so maybe we go and make sure we have one for him. And we don't draft or sign anyone. We just use Donald Parham Jr., my boy. You know I love him. Um, but, you know, we have talent on the roster, so perhaps we shouldn't be too, too stressed about uh, tight end. Um, the last of our three positions that we're going to talk about tonight is maybe one that from a Chargers point of view, we're not that bothered about. Maybe we're happy with the running back situation, um, but we're going to cover running backs. Um, there's some some talent. Um, there's some talent out on the market. Let's see what happens. Um, let's do start. not mention his name. Do not mention his name, Mister Elliot. Do not mention his name. You're gonna you're gonna mention him. Ex Rams player, played for the Falcons. Do not mention him. Why wouldn't we bring Todd Gurley in? It just no, it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, you've got Aaron Jones maybe hitting the market, Philip Lindsay, um, who, you know, in a very crowded Broncos backfield looked quite reasonable, but he is a restricted free agent. Chris Carson, Mike Davis, Jeff Wilson, Le'Veon Bell hits the market yet again after a couple of failed seasons. So, you know, are there any of these names that tantalise the taste buds Dan or do you think that you're comfortable with the uh, running back arsenal we have at the Chargers um, I, I wouldn't say I'm comfortable I'm comfortable with our number one um, Jackson had had some good plays um, Kelly started strong and faded um, but there's a couple of names out there that I think would be a, a decent compliment um I hate to just go back to the Giants um, after saying Colt McCoy earlier, but I think Wayne Goldman um, was a serviceable backup when Saquon Barkley got injured. Um, I think that he would pair well with Eckler. Um, the other name I was looking at was um, James Connor uh, from Pittsburgh. Obviously, he, he flashed bright when Bell first left and then kind of pulled back towards the median um but i think he'd be a good a good piece if maybe a bit expensive um so we'll we'll see but they're they're the names that i was kind of looking at john any of these names screaming sign me to you well first off i want to say i am comfortable with justin jackson and joshua kelly for me joshua kelly i think you know for everything that you know um, we, we gave Lynn credit for as far as being some quarterback or some running back guru. I, I mean, I don't know if that should be real. I think Austin Eckler was going to be a legit running back in this league, regardless of him. Um, but I think he destroyed jo- uh, Joshua Kelly. I think 
he completely and utterly just told him, look, I don't care if you average one yard per carry, you know, just run at the hole I tell you to run at and don't fumble the ball. I really think he did that because the Joshua Kelly after those fumbles did not look like the Joshua Kelly I saw on tape from UCLA, not the same runner. So I think you get a, you know, a better offensive line, number one, <laughs> you know, that actually actually creates some space and holes for him. Uh, number two, a better play calling system where it's not just run the ball straight up the middle, run the ball straight up the middle, you know, giving something a little creative, you know, disguising what we're doing a little bit, not just running on first and second down every time where the defense just knows, Hey, let's stack the box and line of scrimmage. Cause we know they're running it straight down our throats or at least going to try, you know, I think all that is going to help. Um, Joshua Kelly, take a step forward. So I believe they don't need to go after and spend a bunch of draft capital on another running back. However, I'm not so much drunk on the Joshua Kelly Kool-Aid that I don't understand that there's risk that what we saw last year was just who he is, and he's just not a competent enough running back. That's a legit issue. Josh, Justin Jackson... I mean, how many games can we actually really account for him, right? So you do need a third running back in that room. I mean, you could bring back a Kalen Balaj at super cheap. He was fine. You know, maybe with a better line, he's a little bit better. Uh, if I'm looking at guys who are tantalizing and could really take over that running back kind of 1B role, as it were, behind Eckler, um, there are three names that popped out at me. Mike Davis, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack. Who are these guys? These are all guys who are solid running uh, running backs between the tackles. They know how to find the hole. They know how to exploit it. They can be used in uh, short yardage and third down situations because that's what we need. We need a back that we can rely on those types of situations. They're not necessarily the big bruiser types necessarily, but they are big bodied enough that they can do that kind of work between the trenches. So if I'm spending money on free agents, those are the three that, that give me kind of a, hey, maybe these guys could work out. I think they could all be had at a reasonable price, um, you know, and I think that they would all make fine additions to the team. Uh, but again, it's it's not necessarily my preference to spend a bunch of money uh, on a position that I think they're pretty solid. And I think just run back, honestly, run back the exact um, quartet we had out there. Eckler leading the charge and then rotate JJ, JK, and then uh, Kellen Balazs in there. And let's call it a day. Let's go. I actually think this is a, a group that we can take another look at in 2021 with the new uh, scheme, new coaches, give them another chance. You know, Kelly's confidence was, was destroyed by what happened last season. So let's, let's get him back into the building. Let's rebuild his confidence and, and give him another shot in terms of um, picking up free agents, looking up and down that list. You, Somebody mentioned Philip Lindsay. You know, you could get him cheap. You could probably get him for under two million dollars, but he's coming off that season-ending injury. Um, you know, everybody on on this list that we're looking at here, they've got they've got some sort of caveats, either age um, or the fact that they've not been productive, or you know that they're picking up injuries. Um, you talk about rough diamonds, Bez. I think what happens here is the the Chargers go and find another Austin Eckler, someone under the radar that they can come in, develop, um, grow, and give an opportunity to. And I think that's what we'll do. I, if you look at the priorities, 
for the draft, the O-line, pass rush, cornerback position. I think running back falls by the wayside. It's a low priority uh, with, with quarterback being the lowest. Um, so I, I just see us finding a, an under-the-radar player to come in uh, and bolster that running back's room. That's that's how I see it happening. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to bring anyone in. I mean, I, I mean, if you look, if you look at you know you look at the Travis Etienne's and then the G Harris's, you know, is there an undrafted free agent out there that's got similar sort of uh, skill set? Maybe there is. You know, Austin Eckler's proof that you can find them. And if we find another Austin Eckler, I think we're doing something right. Well, you know, in the free agent market, I mean. I think we're comfortable with our, this. Isn't a position we need to be going messing around with, and Kelly may have question marks, but we don't need to go dramatically. He's he's earned another chance, hasn't he? We've seen enough to say we're not going to just cut him and, and start again. Um, Kalen Balage looked good. He's a free agent. I wouldn't be opposed to him coming back in. No. Boston Scott, if he makes it out of. Philadelphia, after being a restricted free agent, would be someone I, I would like to pick up and spend a little bit of money on, maybe, because he's very similar to Eckler. Um, maybe offer something a little bit more um, uh, twitchy, um, but actually could 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 be quite a nice compliment to Eckler. But don't need him. We don't need him. Um, if we turn our attention to the draft, um, young blood in, in the running back game, um, Travis Etienne. Uh, seems to be someone who, who very likely will go at the end of the first round. Um, he he looked really good for Clemson in twenty twenty, um, yeah. and and I think he's a three down starter and and the out and out number one. Um, Najee Harris out of Alabama, um, he looked good for Crimson Tide. I think he should be a three down back again, probably early second round, maybe for end of the first round. Javon, quick. yeah, and Javante Williams out of North Carolina for the Tar Heels. Um, I think he could could potentially even creep up boards and be the first off the board um, in the draft. He has the those are the three, and then I don't think there's anyone else that I would particularly consider to be um, superb potential to go in the first round or make an immediate impact. Um, I'll give mine first. I, I the only person I would consider. Uh, being a charger would be someone that can come in and add something new uh, which is a heavy vertical runner uh, good route uh, route runner blocking passes quite well um, could be a workhorse could eventually be a starter and would definitely be an upgrade from Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly that would be Ramondre Stevenson he, he's a bit of a hybrid running back could be a fullback in a, in a push out of Oklahoma Um I think he's going to go end of the second, early third. If he got to the fourth and the Chargers took a punt on him, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset because the talent would be worth the pick, and you take talent if it falls that far for me. Um, I mean, interested in drafting anybody at all in any round? Are there any undrafted agents, or are you quite content? You, Bez, you. Um, I've already. I was pointing to my notes. You didn't see it. Ramonde Stevenson. I've also got him Good. and Trey Sermon out it's of a sign. Ohio State. Uh, two hard runners, both uh, good at blocking. Um, a projected 4.56 and 4.58, respectively, for the 40-yard dash. So there'll be interesting additions on the field if we got either of those. But I would see them going in the fourth or the fifth, possibly the sixth. You know, I, I, again, it's, it's priorities. I don't see us drafting too high up the food chain no, I don't for a running so. back. No, I'd agree with you. 
we mentioned rebuilding Joshua Kelly's confidence, and I think one way to do that would be bringing in his UCLA running mate, um, Dimitrik Dimitrik Felton. I'm not sure which is the correct pronunciation. He was used a lot as a slot receiver. Um, and then when Kelly was drafted, um, he kind of became more of that lead back, that bell cow. Now, I don't think he'll be that, but hey, it can't hurt. Uh, it'll be a late round flyer. Just bring him in, see if it helps with Kelly. If not, there was another um, second choice running back that I was looking at was um, Michael Carter from North Carolina, obviously behind Javante Williams. Uh, he's very physical. Um, I think he had a game against Duke where he just just bossed through them. Um, and he's a really good pass catcher. Um, so if you're looking kind of third round, maybe maybe go for someone like Michael Carter. Although I think it's his main floor is he's not the best blocker. But we've got other running backs. Who needs to block for Justin Herbert? He's mobile. John, have you got any names to wrap us up? Yeah, I think there's a couple guys I could see them potentially using a pick on. I will preface this with saying I don't think they should use any picks. Again, you want to draft a guy in round 6-7 or UDFA, fine, go right ahead. Those rounds are, are all dart throws anyways. I mean, couldn't it be worse than, what, Aloha Gilman, I guess? Um, anyways, uh, um, but uh, I think for me, a guy who stands out for me who could potentially be had probably like the fifth round, which is kind of pushing it for me, but maybe, maybe for really film, is Trey Sermon out of uh, Ohio State. I think he's that kind of solid player. He's, he's good good at pass protection. He, he knows where to find a hole and, and take it. Uh, kind of no-nonsense kind of runner. Doesn't have a high-end, top-end speed, but that's fine. We don't need that. Um, another guy like that at a Mississippi State, uh, Killen Hill, same thing. Kind of bigger guy, uh, can really can really push the pile. Um, yeah, from from a, like a really late-round flyer, UDFA Chris Evans out of Michigan had a really good year. Then had had some slight ineligibility issues and, and injury. Came back and was barely lose, used last year, so he had some production. Hasn't shown a lot recently, so he would definitely be a flyer. Uh, but I think my favorite is a wild card that I didn't even tell you guys about ahead of this. And I'm going to tell it right now. His running mate from Michigan, 6'2 256 pounds, Ben Mason. He is a fullback. Let's be honest. He's he's a fullback. But, but if you're looking for a guy to comp... To, to really be that kind of like a short yardage, like I'm going to get you those yards. I think he's that guy. He's great at blocking. He knows what to do in both pass protection and, uh, you know, as being a lead blocker in the run game. I don't know what kind of offense they're going to put out there. I don't know if they're going to use an eye. I don't know if they're going to use two backs. I don't know if he would fit their mold, but, you know, I love to give fullbacks some love and I would love to take a flyer on, on Mason. He also played special teams for them and was contributor on special teams. And we can use as much talent on special teams as we can take. Um, uh, doesn't have a lot in the pass catching ability, but um, you know, he has caught a few balls and done some things with it. So he's obviously doesn't have completely stone hands. So uh, to me, I, I think they bring in Ben Mason, uh, you know, bring in that kind of fullback to kind of be well-rounded and really do something on the offense and, and, and get her done. So I'm, I'm all on the Ben Mason train. Let's go. <laughs> Out of the woodwork. I love it. That's what the takes are. We've all got our, the kind of guys we fall in love with at this time of year. Um, you know, in terms of 
grade rounds. It's, the running back's going to be again interesting towards the end of the first, into the second. There could be four guys vying for early draft positions. But the real fun for a Chargers perspective is when we get into those deeper rounds. Um, you know, we've all got our names. We'll keep an eye on as they rise um, or fall and see if that value ends up uh, falling to the Chargers, hopefully. Um, guys, that is your first juicy dive deep into three positions. We've done quarterback, we've done tight end, we've done running back. Um, there's going to be every single position covered in trios as we go through the offseason. We're going to dive into what the Chargers want, if you're not a Chargers fan, into just what those free agency in the draft can offer any team and who we think are talents. Maybe we will look at some busts. Um, guys, where can you be found on the socials? At endzone 85 you can find me at Adroid Airs, hashtag Audible Chocolate, hashtag OT at 13. <laughs> and you'll find me at UKLA Chargers. You'll find the podcast at Charged Up Pod, and you'll find me at Bez the Spaniard. We have loved having you. That is the first of our big deep dives, as I mentioned. On the same night that Fernando Tatis Jr hits yet another Grand Slam for the Padres. Yes, it's going to be a good year. Boom, uh, <laughs> boom indeed. Thanks for listening.